Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona, and we're live here from the beautiful skies and sunny slope. What's that? Apparently beautiful clear day. It was so cool this morning, I left the door open because it was cooler than inside the air conditioner. And uh, what a nice change. Anyway, happy Sunday morning. Welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Beautiful morning out there. We're live from Sunny Slope. We have Sal in for us today on the music and the phones. And uh, welcome him. Give him a call. The number to call is 602 277-5827-277-KTAR. It is a nice break from uh, having temperatures like we've uh, lived through this summer. We could talk about perhaps how to repair some of the summer damages, how to encourage our plants to wake up here in the fall. Planting a few vegetables, great time to plant just about everything. I'd probably steer away from the deciduous freeze just for another couple weeks, but perfect time for palms and citrus and and uh, all kinds of tropical plants and they're going to love it you know and if this warmer days and cool nights give the plants a chance to rest this is when they come out and really do their best and and here that we plant this time of year we give them the opportunity to root out and get established before they have to face next summer so it really is a good time to get out and do a little landscaping a little cleanup a little fertilization if you haven't fed yet we can talk about pruning this time of year pruning gets to be very important because if we prune later in the season with beautiful things like bougainvilleas and yellow bells, we're going to take away our color, you know. And, and the color that we have here in the in the fall and the winter on some of these plants are spectacular, and you really don't get it anywhere else. So, whatever your dreams, give us a call. Number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven KTR. Take our first caller this morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Well, let's see. I guess we maybe have a little gremlin in there, but uh, we'll figure them out. We'll put them back on hold. And we'll... I'm Arbavita, and I'm concerned about the location on the west side of the house. Uh, from about December through, I'll say, the end of February, that's in shade. Would Arbavita survive there? My understanding is they need at least six hours of sunlight. Uh, no, they'll actually withstand. In fact, they're fairly dormant in the wintertime, and they'll, they'll be okay in the shade. Um, I would I would plant them a little further, right, not right up against the house, so they get a little airflow, and right. I, I, th- I think they'll be okay. My concern is it gets hot there in the summer. Mm-hmm. So, it, uh, but they're on the west side of a wall, right? Uh, the west side of the house, but there's a block wall that runs along the south side and the west side of the property, so it's only open on the north, and I've had some... Well, if they're only open on the north, you're not going to get very good airflow. It might not be your best choice. You might look for something more evergreen and perhaps even a little more tropical that withstand the changes in light better. Any suggestions? Well, you might. Does it get sun in the summertime where they are or not? Oh, yeah. Okay, what what I would recommend to you is a plant called a Miami Supreme Gardenia. And it's a a gardenia that will bloom nicely in the summer when it gets the sun. It'll stay green the rest of the year. But unlike other gardenias, it's grafted to a Thumbergiana rootstock. And because it has that rootstock on it, it's it's a lot more, you know, susceptible to being happy in our soil. You know, a lot of gardenias want more acid and different things. But on the Thumbergiana rootstock, this Miami Supreme will thrive there. All righty. Yeah, I was looking for something 
that I could shade the windows with, but uh, uh, getting something to survive there seems to be an issue. Well, it's, it's just kind of tough because of the changes in light. But, you know, e- even if you wanted to do something that um, would, would grow up and, and be kind of more of a desert kind of a look, would probably be fine there as well. You know, a lot of cactus and, and things grow up naturally in the shade of a tree, and then they transition into sun. But as long as they're established in area, they can go back and forth from full sun to shade, not burn. So you could grow some of those too. One, one thought of mine would be, be, be like a totem pole cactus. We don't have to deal with the spines. It's pretty. It's easy to care for, and it'll take the transition. Okay. So you don't recommend an Arborvita then? No, it's going to want more airflow. Okay. You know, you're going to have a problem with spider mites probably, you know, if it's compacted and like that and doesn't get airflow. It's just not a great spot for one. Okay. I appreciate it. Thanks very much for the time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Good morning. This is Brian from the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're not quite getting the names on the screen, so whoever just heard me pop up, you're live on the air. Who are we speaking with? Uh, uh, Brian, can you hear me? Oh, very clearly. Who, 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 who are we speaking with here? We're having oh, a little... oh, sorry. This is Bob in Phoenix. Hi, Bob. I've got a question. Hi, good morning. Good morning. What a beautiful morning. Uh, the <laughs> it's weather it's started fantastic. To yeah. It was just a, a really beautiful day. Hey, I got two questions. Uh, uh, it's about gardenias, like you just met gardenias and grapefruit trees. Okay, I've got a uh, I got a grapefruit tree that just over this tough summer developed uh, like a sap oozing from the branch, and it's one large branch. Is you can tell it's just lost it, all its color. It's going to have to be cut out. But I'm just curious, when's a good? What do you think it is, and wh- when do you think I should be able to cut it here coming up? Well, most commonly it's called gamosis, and it's caused by Phytophthora, which is a soil fungus, Bob. And uh, yes. it's kind of like getting athlete's feet from being too wet. And what it does is it deteriorates the quality of the roots, and then the plant gets stressed, and it can't take up as much water. Um, and how we go after it is a twofold process. Uh, number one, you can prune out the, the dead wood. That's not going to help anything. And where you see it bleeding out the sap, you can brush that off and, and take a mixture of uh, Bordeaux. It used to be called Bordeaux. Now it's just called copper sulfate. So copper sulfate and uh, make a paste and just kind of brush it on there. And then around the base of the tree, you can take the copper sulfate and mix it with liquid and pour it in water and just kind of water it in around the base. And then there's a secondary product that works very well with the copper sulfate. You can mix them together. You can spray it on separately. But to spray on the foliage and, and put it under separately, the product is called Monterey Disease Control. Okay. Okay. And then what I've you want? Some... Yeah, it's a good product. But then what you want to look for is make sure that um, you know the tree can protect itself from the sun, and it should refoliate pretty well this time of year. Have you fed it yet? Uh, yes, about a month ago, it got okay. citrus food, and, and it's on an irrigation. It's like at 20th Street and Glen Rosa or mm-hmm. Camelback, between okay. Camelback and Indian School. Yeah, so go ahead and but, feed uh, it again now. Okay. Okay, and it should come back out. And then, but but I do have to. The, the branches that it's affected are are very dead, and mm-hmm. they're very large. It's a it's a very well established grapefruit. Yeah, so pruning it back substantially is fine. You know, and okay. which, but what you want to do is you want to protect it, you know, from real hot sun. So if you're pruning it back and exposing the wood and the trunk to full sun, it would probably be a good idea to paint it. And if you don't want to see the white paint, you can buy the tree trunk paint that's a brown kind of a bark color that would work fine. Right. Okay. And then so the sulfate, uh, copper sulfate, and uh, Monterey and disease control. That's it. 
Okay, and also on the Gardenia, mm-hmm. this is at a uh, 24th Street Indian School area, another house I got, but it's uh, uh, it's been established for 20-plus years. I mean, it was here before I got here. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I... It's really suffering, and, and it only blooms once a year, Brian. And and it uh, it's only around March, April, May, about May. Okay, it's probably uh, a it's, it's probably a mystery gardenia, Bob. Mystery, uh huh. Mystery it has a little bit bigger okay. flower, a little bit bigger leaf, and that yes. particular type just has a more termin bloom. Okay, and there are a lot of gardenias like that. But um, you know, just enjoy the bloom for when it happens. And in the meantime, if you drink coffee, throw some coffee grounds on it. Whatever you do to make the soil a little bit more acidic, and then a pretty good dose of iron too. So you could use a, a fertilizer like acid, which would be very good, and some coffee grounds on it periodically if you happen to be convenient for you, and it'll stay healthy. But it, you're not going to change the bloom cycle. It's just the variety it is. Okay. Well, it, yeah, I, I just love it. It's it is a large bloom, and uh, a couple, one one or two years. Uh, we got like seventy three blooms, and then, and then a, a, like the following year, you get like a you know half a dozen, and it's like what's cool, you know. So I think it's just me not being nice to it. <laughs> well, feed it in the spring so it can bloom, you know. And what's a bloom about May? Uh, yes, about yeah. May. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you know, get it real happy in the spring so it can bloom for you and enjoy it. Okay. All right. And good morning. Love your show. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Bob. Bye, bye. Uh, Chris and Gilbert. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you? Wonderful, sir. Excellent. Hey, Brian, I've got a uh, queen palm that's uh, been around for about 20-plus years, and um, I've got a strange occurrence that's happened with it where it almost looks like um, a cannonball was shot through it. Uh, There's a a large hole that goes through near the top, and it's missing about a third of the overall trunk at that point. So my question is, uh, my concern, obviously, is, is what's going to do the, the health of the tree. And can anything be done in terms of repairing and putting it in there to patch that area? Uh, you know, structurally, probably not. You know what you might want to do is, is uh, look up totem poles on the Internet and, and perhaps trim it, you know, make it into a totem pole and uh, carve it out a little bit. But it, realistically, it's going to be weakened by that spot. And if the tree does come back and recover, it's going to be prone to breaking there. Probably was caused by birds. That's, that's what I suspect as well. But, Maybe uh, a woodpecker. Yeah, but when it's that age and that, and that deteriorated, you know, if it does come back and get really healthy, the head's going to get bigger and heavier, and it would be prone to breaking in that point. So structurally, I don't know of anything you could do that's really going to secure it and it's probably the time just to replace it. Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have uh, four lines available. Yeah, that's quite a few. And we have Sal here on the phones and the music. Give him a call. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. It's Sal and Brian here. Well, and Troy Bennett's going to come for the news. On the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show, we're every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR.
summertime we enjoy you know cool mornings and warm afternoons we do have two lines available you can give sal a call at 602-277-5827 277-KTAR uh let's see pam and goodyear good morning pam good morning brian i have a question um regarding my front yard that faces west uh, I live in a new development here in Goodyear, so there's really not much shade. But last uh, June, I think it was, I planted three lady slipper and three gopher plants in the front yard. And, of course, they all died in the summer. And um, because we had such a terrible summer. Well, Pam, you know um, what you need to do is you need to start with a tree on the front west side to shade your house and to shade your plants. Grow the tree for a year or two. There there is an oak oak tree out there, but it's very small. Well, and it's going to take years to make a tree. Right. You know, a live oak is not going to – it's a nice tree in the right location, but on the west side of your house in rock, and you want something to give you some shade, it probably wouldn't be the best. What What I would think about doing is perhaps changing the tree for a little larger tree. And planting either a red push pistachio, which would be the cleanest, which has a nice big canopy and will grow much faster and uh, won't shed on your rock if you have a rock you know, landscape and will help to cool things down. Or if you want the most efficient tree as far as cooling your home and the fastest growing, plant a mesquite. And um, the mesquites are going to grow twice as fast as the other varieties. And what's really cool about mesquites, Pam, is you could turn them on and off in the summertime and the winter. So they require very little water, if any at all, in the wintertime when they're established. But if you'll water them when it's 110, they'll grow, you know, what seems like a foot a week. And they'll cool your house and, and basically work like a big swamp cooler in the front yard, cooling your property. And then you can mm-hmm. come back and plant these things. Because, you know, some plants like gopher, why these are desert plants, they're not really low, hot desert plants. You know, we're a little more intense. You know, some come from Africa and different places. They're your phobias. So you're going to have to give them a little protection first. Okay. Well, if I don't want to replace the tree, what would what kind of uh, shrubs would you recommend well, that I put you, you can do you can do things like lantanas, which will take all kinds of heat. Bougainvilleas will take all kinds of heat. Arizona yellow bells, uh, you know the uh, different types of like the um, 
oh, Valentine Bush would be a good one, the euphoria, that whole class, all the sages will be good. I mean, there's a lot of things that will take that full heat. And those shrubs can help cool your house, too. But, you know, realistically, starting in a new home um, and, you know, you want wanting some shade and something to, to shade your area, unless, unless the whole neighborhood's all done with oaks and for a particular reason, I wouldn't probably recommend oaks for a big tree if I were facing west. Now, if you were facing south or east or any other direction, it'd be fine. But, you know, your main thing for your home is going to be cooling it. And if you'll plant a tree that'll get big and grow fast on the southwest corner of your lot, it'll shade the whole, tr- the whole house. Okay. Uh, just one more quick. What do you think about yellow dot under uh, the? It, it's it's fine. It, it's going to suffer in the heat on that side. You know, it, it's okay. a nice plant, but you know, you're talking out there. You have a street out in front of your house, reflection off your house in the rock. You're talking it's 160, 180 degrees in the summertime. Right. You know, you can go put a thermometer out there and it will explode. You can't buy a thermometer unless it's a spring type that won't break. Anything with mercury in it will, will blow up. So, you know, okay. if it were me, I'd try to cool the house down. Okay. Okay. Uh, all well, right. I appreciate it, Brian. I listen to you every Sunday, and I thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Julie in Phoenix. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. So what's new today, Julie? I'm good. I, you know, I have a question about uh, palm trees. I think it's Mexican palm. I just need to know, like, distance-wise, planting it close to the wall. Well, me- Mexican fan palms, are there, there's there's a couple species here. There's Mexican fan palms, and there's also a, a, what's called a California fan palm. That's a fatter one, and then Mexican fan palms, a thinner one. The heavier one's native here to Arizona and California, and the thinner one comes from Baja. They're both very, you know, very hardy, easy palm trees to grow. But I wouldn't plant them probably any closer on the California fan palm, probably five feet from a wall. And on a Mexican fan palm, a minimum of to the edge of the, the tree, probably three feet. Okay. And that's awesome. the, that's the very so minimum. It better better a little further, but, you know, they'll, they'll work that way. Uh, okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Appreciate Julie. It. Bye-bye. Uh, Sheila in Phoenix. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. Um, I was wondering, my rose bushes look terrible, but yet they've got some green leaves now coming out at the top. Mm-hmm. Can I prune it all the way down? Well, don't prune it all the way down like we would do in January. You know, that's the time if you want okay. to grow hybrid tree roses to really butcher them. But right now, if you'll prune it by about a third and fertilize them and maybe give them like an extra tablespoon of Epsom salt along with your fertilizer, they'll pop out. And okay. with this weather, the transition now with the hot and the, and the cool at night, they'll come out and you'll have beautiful blooms in about four to six weeks. Okay, so trim off all the green that's at the tips now and then... Well, yeah, just re- reduce, the, reduce the whole size of the plant if it's a hybrid tree, if you want to grow long stem roses, by about a third. Open it up some, okay. so take about a third of the shoots out, take the size of the plant down by a third, and then feed it. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sheila. Bye-bye. Uh, Elaine in Peoria. Good morning, Elaine. Hi, happy Sunday, and it's a happy day because the Diamondbacks won last night in the 13-inner hey, innings. And I, and I got to tell you, we, we got a whole group from Whitfield's going to the game today, and it, it's really fun. So oh, we, you're going to have we, fun. We got, yeah, it's the first you're game. Got, we got there's a lot year. of Cub people there. Well, that's all right. I, I, had a, I had a cousin that pitched for the Cubs, so you know we, we, we don't dislike the Cubs because we didn't used to have the Diamondbacks. No. The Cubs have been here a long time, so it's a great place to go where we can see the the, the Cubs play our Diamondbacks. Oh, you're going to have fun. Okay, so um, um, 
I am getting my compost. I want to use it in my, you know, my rolling compost thingy. Uh And it's only up to about 100 degrees. And I was going to go to my daughter's today to get some chicken poop. Okay. And then... What else can I add to get it up high, hotter so I can start using it? Well, here's what you're going to, you know, because the problem is, what are you going to plant a vegetable garden, Elaine, or what's the plan? Yes. Okay. So yes. What, what I would do is I would pick up some of that chicken manure. And since she has, she, she has chicken, so it's fresh manure. What is it? Her manure is fresh. It's not composted. You're going to get it right out of a chicken coop? Yeah, her coop? manure is fresh, yeah. Okay. So it's pretty high in nitrogen. It's going to be up to 10%. So when you get that fresh manure, you okay. just got to be careful not to use too much. But it's the perfect thing to combine with your other material. It'll help it break it down. You know, unless you're going to leave your compost for another couple months and use it for spring, um, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to break down that fast. But you're, the perfect okay, thought so- is using that, you know, that chicken manure blended with your compost is perfect because that nitrogen source is going to help it heat up. But um, if you're going to try and plant something in the next few weeks, you might as well just incorporate the two together and realize that uh, your compost is going to eat the chicken manure. What degrees does it have to be up to until it's plantable? Well, no, it's what it is is you get it hot and then you get it cool. Okay. So the reason why Mm -hmm. we heat compost is because it kills all the pathogens and critters and seeds and everything in there. That's why we turn it and heat it up. Okay, and then after it's yeah. been hot, then it'll cool back down, and you really want to use it when it's cool, not when it's hot. So, oh, maybe it's a good time to use it. Well, if, if it was hot earlier, it's fine. You know, if it, you usually want to get it up above one hundred and forty. One hundred four. Forty. Okay, one, and then I have one of those tumblers. So if I added chicken manure uh-huh. to that, uh-huh. a couple of buckets would that be enough? Or you, you know, oh yeah, a couple of buckets of fresh chicken manure. It's like I say, it's a big difference between the dry compost and the fresh stuff. But the fresh stuff has a lot. But when, okay. if, if it stinks, it's good. You know, because that's the basically the nitrogen escaping from the chicken manure, and that's where the odor comes from. And uh, and that, yeah. you know, combined in there, I would say that if you have compost, it's not cooked, okay? And if you add about 15% chicken manure that's raw and turn it in, water it down good, leave it for a week, and then you're going to have to put it to work anyway, that'll still help. That'll get it all kicked off. It won't break down that fast. Okay, and then I have some of that really dry, fine compost. Should I put some of that in there? Absolutely. It's like making stew. You know, you have to add a few different ingredients. Okay. All right. Well, you have a blast as a game today. Last night we didn't get home till really late. So <laughs> well, I hope you have as good a game as we did. Well, I, I I do as well. And you know, and winning is is everything this time of year. I mean, we we got to get the postseason. <laughs> oh, so. it is. <laughs> Especially this is the only time of the year we have all three of our professional teams playing. Well, that's true. And then we got all of our college teams playing, and we got all the other sports that go on. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanks, We're Elaine. Hall, Kevin. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Well, because Mr. Troy Barrett, he's here in the studio. What's going? We're going to find out what's happening today. We'll be right back. In the meantime, you're welcome to give Mr. Sal a call. It's a great time to call. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Time was running wild and 
dead end streets and every time I thought I got it made it seemed the taste was not so sweet so I turned myself to face me but I've never caught a glimpse of how the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test change morning out there. Looks like the lines are full, so we'll get right to the phones. Um, next up, we have Josh in Phoenix. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Oh, enjoying the morning. It's pretty out there. Yeah, it is. Um, hey, I have a couple questions. Uh, first off, I had a ficus tree that got hit pretty bad from this uh, this summer. I've uh, been watering the heck out of it, but uh, only a portion of the tree is coming back. Is there, a, a I guess, a fertilizer that's you know okay to use right now, even though it's not you know uh, well under 100 degrees quite yet? Or well, you know, it, it now is actually perfect weather for ficus to recover. Okay, and for a fertilizer, you want to use something that can release quickly. So if you had like a Peters or Miracle Grow at home, that would be fine. And you know, a good balanced citrus food like organo Citrus food would work well. In the meantime, okay. I would also use some Super Thrive, and I would look on the tree for sooty canker. Now, sooty canker is a black powder that kind of is going to be under the bark, and many of the ficus are suffering from it. And they, it's a fungus, basically, it gets under the bark and can kill a lot of the wood. So if you see this okay. sooty canker, what you want to do is you want to prune it out, and you want to make sure you're using your saw when you're pruning it, and you're not cutting from one place it's infected to another, but actually remove it. If you're making really large cuts, you might even want to seal those with the black tar type thing. And then you'd want to treat it with a product called Monterey Disease Control. And you can spray that on the foliage that you have, but also on the soil. And what it is, it's a bacteria that kills the sooty canker. And okay. uh, and those things all would be in order. And really, you want to kind of get it to recover as fast as you can. And, you know, many of the trees, I think, are going to pass on due to the, the more more so the, the heat and combination with the sooty canker. Right. Okay. Um, and then, of course, with my you know, overwatering it, I'm getting a lot of weeds. Uh, well, if you're you know, overwatering, it's a bad thing, too, because basically here's another thing, Josh, is that when you're watering it a tremendous amount right now, it can't use the water because it does, it's, you know, basically doesn't have the way to transition the water and feed the tree because it doesn't have foliage on it. So too much water is a bad thing. So you know, how much? How much you think? Probably maximum watering on a big, you know, established tree that was accustomed not to having a lot of water would be weekly, and that would be the most. Now you could flood it once a week and let it dry out, but probably no more often than that. Okay, 
And then so, um, I mean, so subsequent to that, I'm getting some weeds like around the tree that I don't want to put, you know, uh-huh. harsh uh, chemicals to kill the weeds off. What, what do you recommend for those? A hoe. Okay, very good. Okay, thanks. All right, Bye-bye. thank you. Uh, John in Phoenix, good morning, John. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Join the morning. I have a question for you. Yeah. It's pretty I, uh, in sunny. Put in a, isn't it? Yeah. I put in a second red pistachio last year, and it's uh, it's looking kind of kind of uh, bad. Not real bad, but it's uh, gotten a lot of uh, dead dead branches from the sun. Anything to worry about? No. But, you know, the one thing not to do is just like with the last car, don't overwater it. Okay? The best way to kill a pistachio is too much water. And uh, they can get root rot okay. and different problems. So watering it the most weekly, okay? And fertilizing I right now. I water every other week. Okay, that's fine. I water real heavy every other week. You know, and depending on your soil, that could be perfect. And, I, you know, I wouldn't change that right now. But I would feed it. And uh, balanced fertilizer like citrus food or something would be great. Okay. Uh, how about Super Thrive? Super Thrive's always good. You know, the, the man who invented oh, okay. it, you know, uh, he worked till 99 degrees or 99 years old. So, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. So, and uh, I hate to say I did, I lost my Mineola Tangelo to the heat. I mean, it was completely dead. I, I started looking for green spots on the branches and the, the stalk, and the, there was nothing. So, I had to cut it down. But I want to replace that. I know you have them in stock. So, and uh, my last question is when do I start bagging the pomegranates? Today. <laughs> it's a it's a good pointer, John, but no, really, because as the weather starts to change, they're going to start to change color. And when they change color, they'll uh-huh. build sugar, and then the insects and the birds will come after them. So now is a perfect time to bag them. Great. Okay, Brian. Well, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Yeah, and thanks for getting, reminding us about pomegranates, John. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Lynn and Glendale. Hi, Lynn. Hi, morning. Say back to trees again. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Fantex ash that you put in about six years ago was above the, the roof line. Well, <clears throat> it was doing fine up until a couple of weeks ago when I started getting some dry, you know, dead leaves on lower branches. Well, I went out there <clears throat> a few days ago and I got a lot more. I've still got some green on upper ones, but is it worth trying to keep it? Or Well, then how large in diameter is the trunk? Oh, oh, it's, um, I don't know, 12 a foot. I don't know. Okay, so it's, it's a, a pretty, it's a, it's a pretty it's substantial a tree. It definitely, if it de- tree. definitely be worth trying to keep it, Lynn. I would kind, kind of like, it sounds like a broken record as far as the process, but I, 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 I would go ahead and, uh, and fertilize it right now and uh, okay. deep water it, you know, deep watering on a, on a, you know, ash is about weekly. Well, that's gonna... what I've been doing. I started deep watering again. I've I've added on uh, for two days on slow. Uh, okay. Well, if you got it on hose. for two days with a soaker hose, you can just go out and check with a screwdriver and it and let it dry out yeah. the top three or four inches and water it in that frequency. But if you okay. fertilize it right now and go ahead and treat it with some Monterey disease control, that would be both good things to do for it. Do I cut off these branches with all the dead leaves or just leave it as it well, is? Well, I'd kind of leave it as it is for right now because even okay. though they're dead, they're probably shading some things. But then before it yeah. loses its leaves, like at some time in December, I'd come through and yeah. have it pruned. And then you can prune it back to balance so you can take some of the you know the life foliage back oh, okay. with the dead foliage. And, but I, I would go ahead and leave it you know, until it gets to be almost dormant, so till about December okay, before you did good. major pruning on it. All right, that's what I wondered. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lynn. You're always so wonderful. Well, Lynn, one other, one, one other pointer, though. 
the, the mm-hmm. only thing that would be different than that, if you see that it has sooty canker, if you see some bark, you know, uh, flaking off and oh, yeah. it's black underneath. I heard you say that, and I looked at it this morning, and I didn't see anything. Okay, so. but if, if you do, <laughs> if you do notice that, you'd want to prune okay. it sooner. That's the only thing. Okay. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. All Thank right. you. Thanks, Lynn. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Shelly in Phoenix. Good morning, Shelly. Shelly. Hi, can you hear me? Very clearly. Good morning. Hello? Good morning. Good morning. I'm so sorry. I'm on my my phone, and I had to pause the audio. Um, I have a question, just like everybody else. I think Josh just called in. He has foodie canker, I think, on uh-huh. his ficus, and that's the same thing that I have and that's that black ash or it looks like it's basically bark that's dying is that correct that's true uh huh okay so uh, here's the thing my my tree on the east and the south side is all completely dead okay. and i i know that from listening to you you said to cut it you know you need to just cut it off and then seal it with some of that bark protector uh-huh. but I don't know how to balance it because literally it's like saying one half of the tree is dead. Well, what you're you're going to want to do, Uh Shelly, is you're going to want to come back and prove. First, you want to get the tree active and healthy, okay? And it'll be out of balance, you know, so it's going to look out of balance for a while. But just get it back Uh active and healthily growing again, you know, so it's putting out new foliage. And ficus can grow really fast because the root system stall intact. So. You know, by fertilizing those things, those are all going to happen. Once you've pruned it and it comes back really healthy, what I would do is prune the tree back to balance it uh, next spring. So, and you could even okay. do it this fall if you get it cleaned up in time. But if not, probably next year, about the 1st of March, after the frost, before it gets hot, just butcher the tree back and let it regrow. And uh, structurally, yeah, ficus, that is- that'll be easy for a ficus. And just to clarify, those main bra- so you have the the you know the trunk and then the main branches and then uh-huh. the little tiny branches, right? right. Uh-huh. So those main branches off the trunk, those shows the sooty as well. Uh-huh. And I was reading online; it said to cut back like six inches back further from that. So um, I is that true? Because it's like almost well, saying I'm going to cut it all the way to the trunk. Yeah, that that is true. But I'll tell you what, if it's all the way down into the main trunk, then I would just treat it. Then I'd peel the bark off and treat it. And the, the thing about okay. this that Monterey disease control, what it is, is a, back, a bacteria. It's like using BT. Yeah. It's Bacillus aquifilla 747. And it's systemic. Okay. So it does go into the tree system and it can stop okay. it. Okay. So you know, the first thing is if okay. we can prune it out, prune it out. And then beyond that, we'll treat it. But, you know, we really learned a lot about this. We have a big ficus tree that I planted in our nursery at Glendale Avenue back in 1979. And it was Rosendo, uh-huh. my, my pet. You know, first off, it was a bonsai yeah. all poodle cut. Then we got tired of pruning it. Then it made this massive tree. And then three years ago in August, when we had the heat, much very similar to what we had this year, it was more intense, but not as extended a period of time. It became infected uh-huh. with city canker. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, and this tree's more than 50 by 50. And uh, oh, wow. so we okay. went after it, you know, up the water on it, fertilized it and pruned it and treated it. And, um, you know, the tree's there and it's beautiful and it's healthy. This year we kind of did a pre-treat. You know, we came through and treated for that before it became a problem. So it was systemically into the tree system. But, um, you know, trying to save a big tree, you know, you could prune it back as much as you can. The city canker ideally will prune it completely out of the tree. But sometimes that might not be completely possible. But in the meantime, if, if we can keep this chemical on it, this bacteria, it will it will it'll kill the city canker. 
And, and so I the, can squirt it right on where it's cut. Or well, you can put it on where it's cut, or, but but here, yeah, but here's the th- you can do that too. Put it around the soil, and it also goes through the foliage, so it works. It can work any different ways. Okay, okay, and then lastly, do um, when, when you're using the equipment to cut, whether that's like a chainsaw or mm-hmm. the larger stuff or. Uh, whatever you need to trim each one of those before they're used on another plant. Well, Is no, you, you need to clean them. So you take like bleach, okay? Okay. And if it's a handsaw, it's easy to just a rag and bleach, you know, or a bucket full of bleach and shake it off. Uh, you could do the same thing with a chainsaw, but you need to, you want to clean it so you're not spreading it to a healthy limbs. To to another healthy limb, oh, right? On the so same tree. on the I same tree or, or another tree, uh, you know. Or another tree. Oh, I thought it was just for another tree or any other. No, on the on the same tree. If you're pruning it out, you know you don't want to spread it. Yeah. You know you want to be helping, not yeah. hurting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Shelley. Bye bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a couple lines available. Number to call: 602-277-5827-277 KTAR. She don't like her eggs all runny. She thinks crossing her legs is funny. She looks down her nose at money. She gets it on like the Easter bunny. She's my baby. I'm her honey. I'm never going to let her go. He ain't got late in a month of Sundays. I caught him once and he was sniffing my undies. He ain't too sharp, but he gets things done. Drinks his beer like it's oxygen. He's my baby, and I'm his honey. Never gonna let him go. In spite of ourselves, we'll end up sitting on a rainbow. Against all odds, honey, we're the big door prize. We're gonna spike our noses right off of our faces. There won't be nothing but big old hearts dancing in our eyes. Well, welcome back, folks. It's a beautiful Sunday morning, and the weather's getting great. I want to invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees, all kinds, all sizes. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s and continuing today for four generations. If you need a new tree, if you need a little help with a tree, if you're looking for some beautiful color, you're going to plant a vegetable garden, want to have uh, you know some beautiful rose bushes, come out and see us at Whitfields. We grow all kinds of plants here in the desert. We specialize in trees, especially citrus. And this is the perfect time to plant citrus, palms, and desert trees. We'll do the digging. You can come in and pick out your trees, and we're happy to come out and plant them and guarantee them for you. We have three locations in the valley. Our original store at 824 East Glendale, the East Valley Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe. Or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. No jobs too big, no too small. If you need date palms for development, we have thousands. If you want a lemon tree to grow some uh, lemonade for next summer, we have those as well. Woodfield Nursery for four generations. Growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Mike and Surprise, good morning. Good morning, Brian. I like the lead-in song. That's a wonderful. I wish I had Shazam so I could find out who that was. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe what you had what? Uh, 
with Shazam, you know, so I could oh, track okay. what song that was. Well, that's McDermott and, and uh, John Prine. John Prine, if, if you look at his music, he's written lots of songs that uh, maybe he didn't sing that were number one, but he was an unbelievable Vietnam vet songwriter of immense talent who we lost to COVID. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, Brian, I got two casualties from this summer. One is a lemon tree, and it looks half dead. Leaves are all dead, but the other half is looks pretty good. I did some Super Thrive on there and some Arizona's Best. Um, nothing's coming back. And the other one's a Gloriosa that, uh, boy, took a beating, too, as well. I think the lemon tree, if you'll prune it back, um, will probably come back out. And what I would do is uh, now, okay. now would be a good time. Just reduce the size it's healthy back um, and protect the wood on the other side. If, it, if it's all exposed to the sun, probably a lot of that bark has probably succumbed and gone. How large is your lemon tree, Mike? Lemon tree is about 20 20 feet tall. Yeah, by so, about, uh, yeah if, it's, if it's a big tree like that, prune it back to balance it. Do some of the pruning on it right now, and um, it should have a chance to start budding. It should really change this week. You'll probably notice new buds come okay. out. But if you'll prune the side that's actively growing, that'll help the tree balance itself out. And I wouldn't be shy on pruning it. You could prune it back by a third to half on the other side, and that's going to push a lot more growth side to the side that's burnt. Okay, very good. Prune the side that, that is not... Uh, prune not, the, not prune the healthy side back. Well, cut the deadwood off as well. And then on your Yucca Gloriosas, this was really intense and hot. But, you know, that, they'll take quite... Is it in full sun or is it partially shaded where it's growing in your home? Uh, it's pretty much pure, uh, full sun. Okay, so, I mean, it's probably cooked on a lot of the, the trunk and things, but it's going to bud back out. Fertilize it right now. Deep water it about once every week to 10 days, and it'll come back out. Okay. All right. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Shad and Tempe. Good morning, Shad. Hey, Brian. Question for you. I've got some Cape Honeysuckle. um, When do I trim those to still be able to get the uh, fall blooms on them? Well, here's the trick, okay, is that don't just butcher the plant down. You know, if you leave part of the foliage up actively growing and prune like half of what you want to prune off right now, go ahead and prune it. And then when the new buds and everything come out on the bottom piece, then cut the top down. That way it can come back faster. And, uh, you know, it's cooling quicker than normal. I mean, for we had the best June ever, the hottest July ever, fairly miserable August. But now here at the end of September, our temperatures are dropping, you know, better than they have in recent years. So that's kind of a good thing. But Cape Honeysuckles really like temperatures between 85 and 100. That's when they bloom their best. So it's getting ready. And because we have the nighttime temperatures cooler, you know, it's I think it's going to come out faster than usual. But go ahead and, you know, prune half of it back, leave part of the foliage. Let the other part at least bud out and then prune the second part. And you should have blooms by the middle of end of uh, October. So it's a tall shrub right now. So the top is putting out a lot of growth, and Mm -hmm. that's where some of the buds are. Right. But it's like I don't want to keep it too tall. I want Mm -hmm. to keep it about eight feet tall. Okay. And so just maybe if I just cut off the top, let the sides grow out a little bit. Well, or even just just thin out, take 50% of the top off right now. You know, just thin okay. it way out, okay? And that way it's going to get more sun down below, and then it can generate new buds down below. Anything that's sticking out hot, you know, wild and hairy, cut all that off right now. And then as soon as you get the new buds in the bottom, cut it back to whatever size you want. Okay. And then also the star jasmine that I had around my swimming pool uh-huh. and the wall. Um, the south-facing star jasmine's doing great. It was under eaves of the house and everything else. But the um, along the walls, 
it's got a lot of reflective concrete and swimming pool, so it's putting on a lot of heat. This, I tried. I just couldn't keep the star jasmine alive this summer. I've lost a lot of plants. What can I? Pl- what kind of a vine can I plant along the walls there? I've got really nice um, metal trellises mm-hmm. that I had built. So they, I can grow vine nicely on there. Is there okay. anything that I can put along there? You that know, a real, a real easy one that takes the heat well is tangerine cross vine. And it has kind of a okay. trumpet orange flower, a little not quite as deep and intense an orange as your Cape honeysuckle. But it's, okay. a, it's a nice full vine that will grow and fill in there. And, uh, you know, the key is they get big enough and thick enough to protect themselves. And, you know, honestly, at our home, we do have star jasmine in full sun like that. But, you know, it's 40 years old. And it, I don't know when it got established. It was before we bought the house. And it, and it does okay. pretty well. But it, you know, it just has to get to that point where it can, you know, really maintain itself and protect itself. And the other part that's hard about star jasmine is what you have in front of it. So if it's just it's reflection off like cool deck and rock and then the star jasmine in the wall, it's probably not going to make it. If you had shrubs in there in front of it, it would really help it a lot. Not enough space. I've only got about a foot of dirt. Okay. So, so yeah. Cool try, try, the try, try the tangerine crossvine. I think you'll be happy. Okay, sounds good. You're the best. Thanks. Bye-bye. Let's see. Next up, we have uh, Jody in Phoenix. Hi, Jody. Hi, Brian. Um, I am calling, and you helped me out last year when I planted a susu tree. Mm -hmm. I have uh, flood irrigation in the backyard. Okay. And it is so happy. It's growing crazy. But I don't know when the good time to cut it back is. You can prune it and and shape it anytime, Jody. Um, you know, normally if we do do major pruning on them, we do it in the wintertime. But if you want to prune it a little bit to shape it, that'll be fine. Okay. And um, can I sneak in one more question? Well, we got 30 <laughs> seconds and I got to take a hard break. Okay. You can either stay on or else we, you could talk fast. I'm pretty We're good at talking fast. fast. Um, I, I, want, I, want, I want to put a garden in the back. I uh-huh. just want to start with some simple um plants back there with flood irrigation what do you suggest um so it doesn't they don't just get too much water well that's not going to be too much water but you're gonna have to water in between but what works really best jody is a raised bed and uh, i'll tell you what i'll come back after the break and we'll talk a little bit about raised bed gardening because it's wonderful and it's a good time of year good topic have a nice week and be right back with the whitfield nursery garden show right after the news with troy barrett here on 92.3 fm ktar